0: the sports dance Hey everyone and welcome to the sports dance. I am your host Greg and despite me straining my calf, I'm still playing on Fridays guys. I'm still here, I'm still podcasting, I'm still doing this show for you. Why? Because I care about my team. I care about my audience. I care about my fans. That's why I do it. I push through the pain. Unlike some people, you know who you are. I'm looking at you, Kevin Durant. And yeah, we're just going to go into it. We already know. First topic of the day is going to be the NBA Finals. It takes about a month to play out seven games, so might as well talk about it first thing because we got a lot to cover. It's only been three games. So much has happened. We already talked last week a little bit about it, but overall, I'm sticking with Raptors. They won again, game three, up 2-1. Yeah, you know, Clay didn't play. KD didn't play. Kevin Looney's out. That doesn't matter. I don't care about the excuses. Golden State, you still have Steph. You still have Draymond. You still have DeMarcus. You still got Iggy. You still got Sean Livingston. You got a bunch of guys who can play, who can score, who have helped you make it to these five straight finals. I don't want to hear it. And people are saying, you know, Steph has nobody. Draymond Green's an all-star. DeMarcus Cousins is an all-star. Yeah, he's coming back from a quad injury. Who cares? Do people give LeBron James a break in 2015 when he had Timothy Mozgov as his second best scorer? No. So, no sympathy for Steph. No sympathy for Clay. No sympathy for the Warriors at all. They don't deserve it. It's five straight finals. You don't deserve the sympathy. There's no sympathy needed. Every team gets injuries. Every team gets a break here and there. Maybe it's the Raptors' time. I don't know. What I do know is Kevin Durant, not a good look. All I'm going to say is you should not be in the tunnel hyping your teammates up and then not going on to the bench. Think about this. DeMarcus Cousins tore his quad. Next day, next game, where was he? Was he getting treatment in the back during the game? No. He was on the bench With his guys, with his team, helping them, being there, supporting them, giving maybe tips here and there to guys saying like, hey, maybe look at this defensive switch. Maybe try this. He's doing this. Go this way. Do that. You don't think Kevin Durant could be beneficial in that source? The guy is an assassin. He can do things other players can't. He sees things differently than other players. That's why he's a top 10 player. So don't give me the fact that, you know, he's getting treatment in the back. He needs to do it. He's not going to support them during the game because, you know, he's trying to get better so he can be on the floor helping his team. No. Don't want to hear any of that. Kevin Durant is a bad teammate. You can say anything you want. To me, he looks bad by not being out on the bench. He has no reason to not be on the bench. He has not been on the bench since he got hurt. You can say it's because of treatment. Guess what? I would put money on it that if he misses an hour or two of treatment for the game, it's not getting him back on the court any quicker. It clearly hasn't gotten him back on the court yet. I know they're saying game four, he and Clay probably will both be back. But games one, two, and three, be on the bench. If you're that close to getting healthy, this little hour or two treatment, massage, or whatever, isn't making the difference. Plus, did you see him last night where the ice bag was? I'll give you one hint. It was on not really where his. it looked like it was on his ankle. Like, it's not doing anything. If he's, he's walking backwards, like jogging backwards with Steph, he's looking pretty good. I will take Kevin Durant at 50%. At this point, it's the finals. You have seven games at most to make a difference. What are you doing right now? Sitting in the locker room with your hoodie on, probably on your burner accounts, defending yourself to everybody who's saying, why isn't KD on the bench? Why isn't he there? Why isn't he there? But seriously, Kevin, why aren't you on the bench? Give me one, if this it could just imagine LeBron James got hurt like Kevin Durant. Teams makes the finals. He's not on the bench any point, any time to give them anything to go with. No advice for teammates, no, you know, hey, support. Imagine the day in and day out scrutiny that he would be facing because of who he is. And if you're going to say Kevin Durant is the best player in the NBA, which many do, over LeBron James, over Steph, over Kawhi, over Giannis, then you need to hold him to a higher standard. He does not like the media. Who cares? Media needs to report on why why isn't he out on the bench? What is it that he cannot sit on the bench? Give me a breakdown minute by minute, hour by hour of what Kevin Durant is doing. That he can physically not be on the bench. I saw people saying dress code. Yeah. DeMarcus Cousins again tore his quad muscle was on the bench the next game in proper dress wear for what he's supposed to be when he's not playing. Kevin Durant can't do that? If Kevin Durant is that lazy to not be able to put on a pair of pants and a sports coat and just an undershirt and sit on the bench and be out there with his teammates, then Kevin Durant is already out the door in Golden State. doesn't matter if they win or lose these finals. Durant's gone. You cannot tell me a good teammate doesn't come out and support you. He hurt his calf. I I was about to say quad again. He hurt his calf. He's walking fine. But to stand in the back after game two like he did and talking smack to Drake with Clay, like, ooh, Mr. Tough Guy couldn't even be out on the bench with his team. Like I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear anything Kevin Durant has to say at this point. I don't care if he plays at this point. Because you know what? He should. He, like In my mind, he shouldn't play. Warriors made it here without him. Warriors would have made it here without him if he wasn't even on the team, probably. Unless he was on the Rockets. Then maybe they wouldn't have. But in general, to sit there and sit in the back and watch this. And then even like after the game to be in the hallway being like good game guys, good try, good effort. Wish I was out there type thing. Giving all these guys high like handshakes and like Steph Curry basically did it but didn't even look at Kevin Durant. That's how you know that he's gone. Steph put the team on his back last night. We're going to get into that now. Steph put the team on his back and the team did nothing to help him. He might be out of Game 4 with back injuries because of how heavy his back must be. He put up 47 points. 47. Now, I know I got on Steph before in games. You know, he doesn't score. Game 2, didn't score at all. Didn't even take a shot in the fourth quarter, which how they win, I do not know still. But they did. And we'll talk about it more in my this week's Really Skip. Because, yep, that's back this week. But Steph put on a show, and he had to. He and LeBron James have put up the top two points for a team in an NBA Finals loss now. LeBron scored 51, Steph 47. I mean, you knew Steph had to have a big night last night for there to be any chance for the Warriors to win. Their top four scorers were Steph, Draymond, I think it was Iguodala, and Quinn Cook. Does that sound like a winning mixture to you? Because it sure does not to me. I get it. You got your stars out, but Steph, Draymond, Iggy, and DeMarcus Cousins should be your top four scorers. They should all be at least 10-plus points. I mean, the Raptors had, I believe, six or seven guys with 10-plus points, including Danny Green, who was lights out from three-point. And Van Fleet, who also, I think, had 13 or 14 points. Plus an amazing rainbow three-pointer as the shot clock expired in the fourth quarter. That's what you need. You need your bench to step up. And I said it at the beginning of these playoffs. I'll say it now. Whether or not it makes a difference going forward, the Warriors don't have a great bench. They have guys who were great bench players, like Sean Livingston. 3 or 4 years ago was great coming off your bench. He's now beaten up and a little older. I think this is the first NBA Finals where I haven't heard every game they talk about his horrific knee injury that he suffered at the beginning of his career, which I'm thankful for. It's very nice to get away from that. But like Jarebko, Quinn Cook isn't terrible, but he's not going to win you games. Granted he did help in game 2, but like you can not he's a Matthew Dellavedova. He's the deli of the Warriors. It's the way to look at it. Alfonso McKinney, Jordan Bell, like these aren't guys who are going to win you championships. If you take away Klay Thompson from the Warriors, the Warriors don't have a chance. We saw that last night. The Warriors can win without Kevin Durant. Can't win without Klay. You need somebody else besides Steph. Who can put in big points, big shots? Just imagine if they had Clay Thompson putting up twenty plus points. Warriors probably win. It's a whole different ballgame. There's more spacing for Steph. There's more spacing for Clay. Draymond gets more open lanes to drive. Games. DeMarcus Cousins probably has a much better game than he did. Whole everything changes. This is how it is. Clay is way more important in my eyes than Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant top 10 player, top five player can put up 30 plus points without a doubt every night. But he doesn't mean as much to a team like the Warriors as he would as if he was on, you know, the trailblazers, any other team, essentially the Warriors and the Rockets are like the only teams Giannis, I guess you could say. And I guess the Raptors with Kawhi. but I know I just listed all four teams there. But there are only a handful of teams that if you put Kevin Durant on, yeah, he gets you a few more extra wins. But if you lose him, it doesn't make a difference. It didn't make a difference for the Warriors without Durant. We saw that. They won in four straight in the Western Conference Finals against a talented Portland team. They are were one and one, now two and one without him in the finals. So Durant's not a necessity Klay Thompson is a necessity He offers you really good defense He can shoot the shoot you out of the building Whatever the term is I can't think of it right now off the top of my head But more importantly You saw last night Klay Thompson is needed Kawhi Leonard had much easier looks Kyle Lowry had much more open looks The Raptors in general just looked better That's why they won So we're going to get into that But in general Game 4 Will probably look completely different. Steph, though, props to him. He's not going to be the final his MVP. If they win, probably, because, you know, if he plays all the games. But, I mean, I got to give him credit. Put up big points. He did everything possible he could. He was diving for balls at the end of the fourth quarter. He did everything. I usually get on Steph for not showing up. He showed up. He came out. He did what he was supposed to do. He... Did everything he could. At one point, he was outscoring his team, I believe, in the fourth quarter with 47 points compared to the rest of the team. That is not going to win you games. It's just not. That's why we saw with LeBron. He scored 51, didn't win. When you don't have the talent to match the other team, and the other team has Kawhi Leonard, very good defender, defender, yeah, good words. Defender. It's going to end up in a loss like it did. The Raptors needed to win. They won. Steph needed to play big. He did. Can't, everything that was supposed to happen last night happened. It's plain plain and simple what, what went down. But we're going to get into really skip before we talk about the Raptors side of things because it has to do with the Raptors side of things. So I bring to you really skip. Skip, 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 really skip, skip the stop it, stop it. Skip, 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 skip. No you didn't skip, 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 skip. Skip, 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 skip. Uh skip. Really skip. Back at it again. With this whole number two stuff. Here it here it is. Here here's the tweet. This is the what this is what got me. Toronto should be up 3-0. It was a shame number two failed to take advantage of Steph scoring zero on zero shots in the fourth quarter. A shame number two allowed a 20-0 Golden State run. A shame number two couldn't close as the Warriors failed to score from 539 of the fourth down to seven seconds. Skip Bayless tweeted that after the game on Wednesday. Not after game two, but after game three. And I get it. You can make a case that the Raptors should be up 3-0. They let Golden State go on a huge run, couldn't stop it. And then when Golden State went cold, they didn't take advantage. I get it. But to put that all on Kawhi Leonard, who is number two, for those of you who do not know, Skip Baylis refuses to say the name because he's no longer a Spurs and forced his way out of the Spurs organization. It's fine. You don't have to acknowledge him, Skip. You can call him number two. You can be petty. But to say the Raptors should be up 3 and it's all number two's fault is ridiculous. It is ridiculous because it's not just number two that allowed the 20-0 run. It's not just number two, Kawhi Leonard, one of the five best players in the whole league, who stopped Steph from going zero for zero from the in the fourth quarter and, you know, not making the comeback When they went cold for like a five minute stretch. It's not his fault. You can put some of the blame on him. But guys like Kyle Lowry. Who fouled out. Marcus Saul. Who's come up big for the Raptors. Multiple times this postseason. Pascal Siakam. Spicy cool down. He went mild. There's a lot of guys you can look at. And say you all allowed it. But also you can look at Golden State. And just go this is what they do. Golden State is notorious for going on these huge, huge runs that somehow nobody seems to be able to stop. Somehow there's never somebody to plug the dam. There's never somebody to put their hand on and stop the bleeding. Golden State just does this. It's what they do. It's what they're known for. This is why they always say, if you don't have a lead going to third quarter against the Warriors, you better watch out because you're about to get blown out of the water. They do it all the time. This is nothing new. This is nothing weird or strange. The Warriors go on these runs. Teams tend to go cold. It is a sport of chance and luck and skill. But there are periods where the ball just doesn't go in the net. Things just don't go right. To put the all-in-one guy, yes, he's your star player, but to put all-in-one guy is ridiculous, Skip. Now, Skip, you and I both know why you're doing this. It's to get people like me to talk about it, to talk about you, real Skip Bayless, and just how idiotic you sound making these comments, which you do, Skip. You sound idiotic making these statements. You've sounded this way this whole postseason by going number two, number two this, number two that. Like, we get it. You don't like Kawhi Leonard. You don't like LeBron James. You like Tom Brady? Like, you're a very confusing person. You make no sense. But that's all right, Skip. You're getting old. You know, maybe all that diet do is clogging your brain. I know you do this to get us riled up, and it works. I'm talking about it right now. You drive me nuts, Skip. But I respect you at the same time. You try to call it like you you see it. But this isn't a shoulda, woulda, coulda type thing. Because if it was, we could all go back and make an argument for everything. The Warriors should have won when they were up 3-1. I shouldn't have played Smash Mouth's All-Star in my Little League All-Star game when I was nine. Probably should have went with Big Papa because I was the biggest kid on the team and I swung the biggest bat. Did I? No. And I regret it every day, Skip think about it all the time clearly am talking about it right now but we all have regrets we all have things that should have would have could have happened let it go that Kawhi went to the Raptors let it go that he forced his way out of San Antonio because this whole number two thing has got to stop if they win the NBA finals are you going to actually call him Kawhi probably not and that's on you You're just being a petty man but to say that they should be up 3 0 and shouldn't have allowed all these different things to happen is like saying the Warriors shouldn't be down 2 1. Clay shouldn't have hurt his hamstring. Kevin Durant shouldn't have hurt his calf. They shouldn't have allowed the Raptors to score more three pointers than they did last night. Like, you could say it for anything. So to make a statement like that, just come on, Skip. Really, Skip. That's all I got for you, Skip. This has been Really Skip. Skip, 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 really skip? Skip, then stop it, stop it. Skip, 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 skip. No you didn't, skip. Skip, skip, skip. Whoa, 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 Skip, 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 All right, I'm done with the skip stuff now. I'm done with the Warrior side of things. I'm going to talk about the Raptors' side. And I know what you're thinking. How long are we going to talk about basketball? long time. There was a lot, a lot to talk about. And it's one of the biggest things going right now. And I know you're thinking, are you going to spend this much time on the Stanley Cup? And the answer is no. I, again, I just don't know how to break down hockey. like I do the NBA Finals or baseball or football, any of that. I can tell you there was a lot of great hits, but we'll get to that. With the Raptors, I'm going to keep it pretty simple. I'm going to talk about one or two things. The first being Raptors played a flawless game last night. They did exactly what they needed to do. Early in the game, they went hard at the basket, started drawing a lot of fouls, got DeMarcus Cousins in trouble, got Sean Livingston early fouls, got guys that you knew they were going to have to rely on in foul trouble. That's really what it came down to. And looking at everything that happened, you could say it worked. DeMarcus Cousins didn't have that great of a game, and after the last game, you thought he was going to come out and keep improving on that. He finished with a whopping four points, three rebounds, and two assists. He only had two personal fouls, though. And he only played 19 minutes. And he played 20-something in the last game. So it's interesting to see exactly how he was used. You would think he would have been used a little bit more with an extra day of rest. But guess not. I mean, it was a very odd usage, I feel like, by Kerr, uh, Steve Kerr. But... This is about the Raptors now. And when you look at the Raptors starters in general, nobody scored less than 17 points. That's how you're going to win a game. When all of your starters put up 17-plus points, and then you get 11 off the bench from Van Fleet. it's pretty good. You had Siakam. You had Green, both with 18. You had Lowry finally looking like he was supposed to and being one of the prominent players on this team, putting up 23. And you had Kawhi Leonard, easily just putting quietly together a seven-rebound, six-assist, 30-point game. He had a few steals, a few blocks. I mean, he was, he was just all over the place. He did it all, and he did exactly what he was supposed to do. He kept the focus on him, but allowed the rest of his team to do work. That's how the Raptors are going to win. The Raptors are now 6-1 and one against the Warriors in their past seven games. Not many teams can say that. It's pretty good. I'd take it. It makes me feel confident going into the next games, even with Durant and Thompson coming back, potentially. You know Klay's coming back, at least at some point. But if KD comes back in game four, Raptors aren't going to be worried. Why? Because they beat Golden State twice in the regular season With a healthy team That's why They know they can beat a fully healthy Warrior squad The Warriors on the other hand Know they should be able to beat the Raptors But have only done it once And it took a lot of effort To get that one win Took a 20-0 run So Raptors are going to keep doing what they do Which is great Hopefully, this game, I'm hoping the series goes six games. That's my hope. Again, in the Raptors' favor. Because I'm just, everybody's sick of it. Sick of the Warriors. We're all jealous. We all know it. It's fine. But, come on. Oh, Canada needs needs something. But the other big thing I wanted to talk about with the Raptors, and this will be the last thing, don't worry, is if you didn't see it, Kyle Lowry, Last night, dove into the stands to try to get a ball, and when getting up, was shoved by a fan. Now, this is interesting, only for the fact that you got to assume a lot of times when guys go into the stands, maybe somebody shoves them here or there. This was courtside. This was blatantly obvious. This had an ejection follow not from Kyle Lowry, he actually, all he did was get up, point at the guy, and then inform security or the refs or whoever about what just occurred. So when Lowry flew into the stands, he was getting up, and as getting up, a fan shoved him. If you go back to the video, it's clear as day. A lot of people are, you know, helping him up, patting him on the back, like, all right, get back out there type thing. Cool, cool. You just flew into a bunch of us. Are you okay? Type thing. And then there's one guy. He reaches over, over a seat or two, and, v- like, not violently, but forcefully shoves Lowry. Now, what's interesting about it is what's the point of doing that? Like, why, as a fan, did you feel the need to shove Lowry? I get you're an opposing fan. But you have to know that's not going to end well for you. You spent twenty to $30,000 probably on that seat. And you're going to show a player and risk getting tossed, which you ended up doing. Because what? You thought it would be fun? You thought it would be cool? I mean, as Kyle Larry said, the fans have a place. We love our fans. But fans like that shouldn't be allowed to be in there. Because it's not right. I can't do nothing to protect myself. But the league does a good job, and hopefully they ban him from all NBA games forever. Now, granted, I don't know if they're going to ban him forever. They kicked him out. And he's right. There is no place for that because remember the malice in the palace? It was a horrible look for both players and fans. Could you imagine last night, Lowry flies into the sands, gets pushed by this guy, and maybe has a few not-so-nice things said to him. He snaps and punches this guy. Now what happens? Lowry gets tossed from the game. He might get suspended for a game. The Raptors lose one of their best players. The Warriors may take advantage, win, and all that, and you could point it all back to this incident. Then on the other hand, you have it where Lowry does nothing. This guy shoves him. What happens if Lowry gets hurt? I mean, there are so many different scenarios where this could have gone poorer than it did, and it just... It baffles my mind about fans. Me personally, I would never do anything to touch a player. Anything that he falls into me, I'm helping him back up, getting him on the court. Maybe if I'm nice enough, after the game, I get an autograph. Who knows? That would be like the good situation. If I had that much money, I guess I would spend it on those seats. But unless I'm getting those courtside seats for free, I'm being on my best behavior. I might raz, you know, a little here and there. I might shout some things. Nothing derogatory, nothing that bad. I might joke here or there if I know the guy's a jokester. Like, you're not going to see anything crazy. And you shouldn't. These are the finals. These tickets are so expensive. You're paying what some people make in a year for a seat. That's what I never get about this. But to just go there... And give a hard shove to an NBA player in the middle of a game is crazy. This guy is lucky that one, Lowry didn't come back at him. Two, that it was not Russell Westbrook. Because if it was Westbrook, that man may be in a coma. Because we've seen Russ with fans. We've seen him interact with them. He does not keep cool. Lowry luckily did. Probably helped that they were up. They were winning. But still. I mean, we saw it. If you go over to the video, you see Larry, when he got up, he told officials. He said the fan repeatedly cursed at him and just, again, stated again there's no reason for that person to touch me. He reached over two seats to get at me. There's no place for people like that in our league. People who sit courtside, they might get in on the action. Don't sit courtside if you don't want somebody touching you. Plain and simple. You could say, I mean, what's this guy's argument going to be? Oh, he flew into the stands and maybe he knocked my beer down. Maybe he, there was a woman next to him. Maybe it was his wife. Maybe he knocked into my wife and hopefully he didn't hurt her. It's a game. You know at the courtside seats, you're taking a risk of what's going to happen. And you can't have this. There's nothing you really can do to prevent this from happening again. You're not going to push those seats back. You're not going to put up a barrier. You're not going to do any of that because it's going to take away the game. We said it last week with the baseball nets. I'm saying it this week with the basketball courtside seats. You can't change it. Incidents are going to occur. All you can do is try to contain them, work to make sure they don't happen on a regular basis, and hope in the long run nothing bad comes out of it. It's really all there is to it That's all I got though for NBA finals I know we're like 30 minutes in I had a lot to say I promise We're done with basketball talk For now Alright Okay deal Let's take a quick break We're going to hear from Thrive Fantasy So Let's cut to the ad Daily fantasy sports have taken the world by storm, and Thrive Fantasy is a whole new twist. Make prop picks on only the top players in each game, no more sifting through the 12th man of a basketball roster, then sit back and enjoy the action. 12 ounce Sports and Thrive Fantasy have now partnered to offer our listeners free house money to play with. Just use the promo code 12 Sports during your next deposit to receive the bonus. That's Thrive Fantasy and the promo code 12 Sports. Now go win. All right, time to talk some Stanley Cup hockey now. We did NBA Finals, now it's Stanley Cup Finals. Before I get into it, I just thought about something. Isn't it a little odd that, you know, we have the World Series in October, we have the Super Bowl in February, and then somehow, some way, we have the NBA Finals and the Stanley Cup happening at the exact same time, why do these leagues not talk to each other about start dates, finish dates, playoff dates? At least give us like two or three weeks between each. These nights are exhausting. I gotta stay up to like eleven thirty for NHL, and then I gotta stay up to like midnight, twelve thirty, depending on how basketball goes. I can't do this. I got a nine month old at home. He can't be staying up in all hours of the night. He sleeps more hours than I do. It's ridiculous. He sleeps from 8.30 to 6.30 in the morning. I'm getting six hours. He's getting like almost t- 10 full hours. Can't have that. Can't have the kid have more energy than me. So first and foremost, NBA, NHL. Figure it out. Give us a few weeks between. When do you start a little later in the season? I'd probably say basketball. Or hockey. Push it up a little. Now one or the other. Hockey, let's be honest, should not be ending in the middle of June. It makes no sense. None at all. There is no ice to be seen in most of the places where hockey is played at this point. At least, you know, April, May, you might get away with it. We still had freezing temperatures in New England. So figure it out. For like, everybody's sake, baseball gets its time Football gets its time. You shouldn't be sharing time with each other, NBA and NHL. You you just shouldn't. I mean, even the Canadian football championship is a different point. Uh, Come on. Anyway, NHL, game five, last night. Series is now 3-2. I think the series is going to go seven games. Put my whole Bruins and six behind doesn't matter what the leads are, the 3-2, all that doesn't matter. This is going 7 games. It's just the gut feeling now. Each team's taking their shots, each team's doing big blowouts, close games. It's it's all happening. Each team has their own little, you know, specialties going on. You have the Bruins who are just battered and bruised and fighting through that. And then you have the Blues Who are using pets and animals and mascots. I mean, right now, the Blues have Barclay, who is this Labrador that they've been training that will help out kids with autism and all of this. It's very sweet. And then they also have Boris the Chinchilla. If you haven't seen this, just type in Boris and it will come up. It's a Chinchilla from a guy named Young Page Views, YP, works at Barstool. Huge blues fans has become like enamored with the players, and everything goes to all the like has gone to every game. Granted, that whole grouping of guys does, but he sneaks in his chinchilla, named Boris, as a support animal. Gets it into the game, does his dance when they win. Does play they play Gloria. He goes nuts. Everybody goes nuts. Pretty funny how the Blues now just have two different animals that they're using as good luck charms. But then, let's just look at the complete other spectrum where you have the hockeyest of hockey guys in Zdeno Charo. The 6'9 giant, seven two on skates, who has not a broken jaw, but basically a broken jaw. Took a puck to the face in game four. Didn't come back. He was on the bench with like a fishbowl mask. And I mean, he's grinding it out. Doesn't have to play many minutes. They just need bodies at this point for defense for the Bruins. The rumor is that he has a plate put in his mouth. I mean, to put it in perspective, he can't talk. He is writing down answers to the media to answer questions. That's how bad his jaw is at this point. That's just how that's how broken it is or whatever it is. And he's he's pushing through. He is as hockey of a hockey guy as you can get. I broke my jaw, I wouldn't leave my house. I wouldn't be able to I don't I wouldn't how how do you eat? How do you get enough energy to get on the ice, even for five minutes, ten minutes? What type of painkillers do that have you on that you're conscious enough to know you're in the Stanley Cup? But not conscious enough to not feel the pain of getting hit. You know, the blood just in general flowing through your body gets everything when you have something like that pounding more. So prop all the props to Char. If he was out on the ice for a minute last night, I would have given him props. The guy, I mean, hockey players are a whole different breed. Now, from everything I've been reading about it in general, I mean, it's not great The mask he's wearing doesn't really even do anything to protect him, more so just straight on shots, but still, if it gets hit, it's pressing against his face. It's pressing against that jawline. That cannot feel good. I'd ask Chara, but one, I don't have media credentials, and two, he would have to write down his answer. I just feel bad making anybody write down anything. What if he has poor handwriting? My handwriting looks like a three-year-old. I'd be embarrassed to write down my answers. I'd have to text him, type him out, something. But this guy is just pushing through. But I think this series is going 7. Doesn't matter. 7 is what it is. I still think it's Bruins in 7. If that makes any difference. Again, they are the better team. I don't care what any of the games have shown us. They're the better team overall. They weren't in dead last at any point this year. The Blues were. It's a great story the Blues have could win the stanley cup the bruins though i think are the team that ends up overall actually winning ends the boston's drought for you know days without a championship parade oh i can just feel i just felt recording this the eye roll everybody just gave listening to that statement no matter where you are if you're not in new england you just gave a huge eye roll to that statement I mean, I'm, like, right there with you. I don't care who wins this series. I'm in New England. My wife likes the Bruins. I'll go with the Bruins for now. I'm not that much into hockey. I wish the Patriots didn't win the Super Bowl. Like, does that make it better? I'm not going to take back the Red Sox World Series. I'm just still happy about that. I'm a Red Sox fan. I I can't not be happy about that. I'm sorry. Scott, if you're listening, your Braves didn't do it. The Red Sox did. I'm sorry. Last shot. I promise. Last shot. But you also get that for the fact that Scout Team Radio is punishing you by making you drink Natterdays. That's not a punishment. It's a pleasure. You enjoyed it. So it's not cool. It's not a punishment. Scout Team Radio. Work on your punishments. You can catch all those guys at 12 On Sports Radio. You can find them on Apple, Spotify, all that. Go check out Craft Brewed Sports uh, Scout Team Radio. And check out 12 on Sports Radio. Check it all out. Subscribe, review, all that fun stuff. Sorry, that was like a quick random little shout-out to buddies. But yeah, still think Bruins in seven. This series is just that good. It deserves to go seven games. There's not much else to talk about. I just really want to talk about Chara and the fact that he's a monster playing through a broken jaw. That's about it. That, I mean, I gave you like eight, nine minutes of hockey talk. And by that, I talked and drooled over the fact that Zidane Chara is a man among men when it comes to playing hockey in pain. So that's, that's all I got you. F- that's all I got you. That's all I've got for you for hockey. And we're going to take another quick ad break. Uh, this time it's Twin Spires. So horse racing, you know what it's all about, but check out Twin Spires. Here we go. Want to place a bet on horses but don't know where to go? Check out Twin Spires for all your horse betting needs. All you have to do is follow the link at 12 On Sports Radio. It will take you right to Twin Spires or go there directly yourself. Put on promo code 12 on Sports to get a nice 100% back of what you put in. Have a little extra money to gamble with. Check it out. Twin Spires. All right. Now it's time to get into some baseball talk. A lot of stuff happening in baseball over the last week, mainly because the MLB draft occurred which completely changes the landscape of what teams are going to do going now through the rest of the season. And by that, I mean what players who haven't been signed yet could be signed. First, though, we're going to cover a little bit of the draft. Trust me, I'm not going to get that deep into it. Why? Because there's 32 rounds in the MLB draft, so there's really no need to talk about it that much. We're just going to talk about, you know, number one pick real quick, and then just a few other interesting picks that were made along the way. And then we'll get into the rest of stuff. Sound good? All right. So the number one pick was clear going into this draft. The Baltimore Orioles were going with Adley Rushman, who's a catcher out of Oregon State. The only reason I'm going to talk about him is if you do not watch the College World Series, which I'm sure a lot of people don't. To know how good this guy is, he's been batting four oh eight this year. And bases were loaded in his college world series game. He walked up to the plate. Now, mind you, there are zero outs. Bases are loaded. His team is losing by like three runs. They intentionally walked him. That is how scary and how good he has been this year as a hitter. That the team would rather with no outs and the bases loaded intentionally walk in a run than to have to face him. And so you can clearly see why he would be the number one overall pick. Uh, he was the best prospect in this draft. Especially as a catcher. You don't get a catcher with that type of talent every single year. He's a switch hitting backstop. And has one of the safest floors for the draft. According to Keith Law. And they definitely he especially thinks he'll be a perennial all-star one day. Which if you're a catcher that can hit above 270. Chances are. You'll be an all-star. You'll be a Hall of Famer because catchers are not known for their bat. Will he be the next Matt Waiters? Is that that who it was? I believe so. No. He should be better. So that's good. That's good if you're an Orioles fan to hear. At least I would think so. But that's all I really wanted to say about him for the number one pick in the draft. The rest of the things are things that I found interesting about the draft, such as, I don't know if anybody remembers, a week or two ago, I talked about how Craig Biggio's son and Vladimir Guerrero's sons, both on the Blue Jays. Well, the Blue Jays tried to, you know, add a third Hall of Famer's kid to their team. Roy Halladay's son was drafted by the Blue Jays in the 32nd round. Halladay, of course, wore the number 32 in the 12 seasons he spent with the Blue Jays. It was more a symbolic gesture by the Blue Jays to draft him. He is already lined up to be pitching for the Penn State Nittany Lions next year. So he's not going to play for the Blue Jays. It was more so just a symbolic way of showing, hey, we appreciate everything your dad did for us. Very sad to see that he passed away over a year ago now. And this is just something nice that they could do with a draft pick that honestly means nothing. Most likely your 32nd round pick isn't becoming the next ace of your team. If he actually plays well, and you know he does well at Penn State, maybe he does get drafted by the Blue Jays higher rounds in a few years. That'd be great. Be a wonderful story. But it is kind of funny that the Blue Jays, if he decided to actually sign with them and play and go into their system, would have had three Hall of Famers kids on their team or in their organization. You don't see that very often, so it's just a unique thing. It's not a weird fact. Just be a unique thing. Besides that, with the draft now over, this only means one thing and one thing only. Teams can now finally sign Craig Kimbrell and Dallas Keuchel. Why? Wouldn't you think, these guys are talented? If my team needed a closer or a decent starting pitcher, wouldn't I go after these guys? You would in normal circumstances. Not in today's MLB, apparently, where first-round picks are now considered prize possessions like they are in most other sports. And by most, every other sport, first-round picks, big deals. NFL, NHL, NBA, every league, essentially. If you have a first-round pick, you want to protect it. MLB is learning that quickly, too. It's taken a very long time, but it's finally happening. They finally realized the best talent usually comes out of the first round. Who would have thought? It's crazy. So because of that, though, and because the draft already occurred, we already have Kimbrell signed. Now I know you're thinking, was it the Red Sox? No, they're not smart enough to do that. I even know that. And if they really wanted him back, they could have signed him at any point. Why? Because they were the team that would have given up been given a first-round pick if a team signed him. So they had zero excuse to not sign him back outside of what he was asking for in his contract, which, based on what the Cubs signed him for, very reasonable that the Red Sox could have, would have, should have, as I said before with Skip. They could have signed him, they should have signed him, and they would have signed him if they weren't not paying luxury tax, I guess. I don't really know the reason. You're already paying luxury tax, Red Sox. Just keep paying it. Instead, Kimbrell is now going to be on the Chicago Cubs who were in desperate need of a closer. I mean, if you look at every team in the league, Cubs are right at the top for teams that needed a closer badly. If they're going to be competing in the NL Central, they needed a guy that could close out games because it was not working for them. They could not close out games at all. Now they have a guy they can, a Hall of Fame closer. Obviously, he still has to get some more numbers. But you could look at Kimbrell and really look at him and go, if he keeps up what he's done over his career, he'll be in the Hall of Fame. That's how good he is. I know he had rough patches last year with the Red Sox, but he's getting a three-year, $43 million deal. That's pretty good. I mean, obviously he'll earn not as much this year. He's going to get $10 million this year and $16 million the next two years. So in the long run, Kimbrell... Gets kind of what he wanted. He's one of the higher paid closers in the league. And the Cubs get desperate bullpen out. And the Red Sox do not get a first round draft pick. Which is really what it all came down to. And now we're hearing that Dallas Keuchel is going to be. Either probably signing with the Yankees. It was rumored the Braves. But apparently they're now out. And I think there was one other team. I don't remember who off the top of my head. But essentially going to be a two or three team race. Again, nobody wanted to give up a first round draft pick to the Astros. Now, part of this might be that these two guys specifically came from teams who did so well last year that teams didn't want to help them get better, even if it's helping their farm system and not their team directly. So that could have been it cuz when you look at the Astros and the Red Sox last year, they were two of the most dominant teams in the league. That's it's, it was clear. Two of the t- The two best teams, honestly. It was them, then the Yankees. And the Yankees were like a peg down. So you don't want to give these two teams another first-round draft pick to restock their farm systems, especially the Red Sox who went from having one of the best farm systems in recent years to now one of the worst because they just unloaded tons of guys to get other players. Like Chris Sale, depleted half half our system. So, I guess teams just one value it more, and two don't want to help top teams get potential more talent. It makes sense. I'm sure next week or in the next week or two, I want to be shocked if Dallas is signed and gets the quick spring training, gets his starts up, and starts going five innings for teams starting in July at some point. Not hard to fathom. Besides that, though, the other thing I wanted to touch on with the MLB, and really, it's just because it's impressive. Immaculate innings don't happen all the time. But for Chris Sale, it's happened twice this year. I mean, the guy just owned the Kansas City Royals from start to finish. He was unhittable. The Immaculate inning just added to it. He has pitched two this year. Not just one, two. Two. That doesn't happen very often. You don't get a lot of immaculate innings because to throw nine strikes, get nine misses essentially, foul balls included, and to not have anything above that happen is just super impressive. I mean, Sale went nine innings. He gave up three hits only and struck out 12 guys along with his immaculate inning. Sale, sadly, is only two and seven. Just shows you the type of year it's been. But maybe... The Red Sox fans can be happy. Maybe he's turning the corner. He has been pretty good his last few starts. The offense just... All those starts hasn't always been there. The Red Sox are looking to complete the sweep against the Royals. And then... That's really it. The only other thing I want to talk about... And it's another real quick thing. And it's it's the second time it's happened this year. I don't know why. Whenever the Braves play, apparently announcers don't know what to say or speak. So for example... We saw with the Reds when the Braves played them. Some not-so-great comments were made about players and what they do and how smart they are and all of these different things. Now we go to Pittsburgh, where Acuna is walking up to the plate. He has a bunch of gold chains on. He gets hit in the elbow, and I don't know the names of the commentators who made the comments for the Pirates, but one of them started talking about how, you know, Maybe it's the, he got hit because of his jewelry. And why you know, pressed a little bit, he said, you know, back in the day, you may have gotten, you know, you know. And you can clearly tell, they're saying, because he's being flashy and showy with all his necklaces and gold chains, Acuna got drilled in the elbow. It's just ridiculous. It's an inappropriate thing to say that based on what somebody's wearing, they're going to get hit. Because... Who's going to intentionally hit somebody because they're wearing some gold chains? If you did it back in the day, well, then you also were just not the brightest bulb because you're giving up a free base runner. You're wasting a pitch. You may get taken out of the game. It just makes no sense. If that guy did nothing to you, you're not drilling him. And definitely was not an intentional pitch thrown at him. But to the announcer to make even the implication that maybe it could have been, just come on. What's happening to this whole let the kids play? Let them play. Let them wear whatever neck. Let him wear a tiki man around his neck and have it hang. Like, it doesn't matter. If he's playing the game like he's supposed to, who cares? If he got zero hits in his past 100 at bats, sure. Maybe you can say something if you really want to. Go for it. Go crazy. But come on, announcers, get with the times. Think about what you're saying. And if you think it might sound a little off-putting to your fans and it might get blown up, don't say it. thats It's a revolutionary idea, I know. Just maybe don't say it. That's about it. It's as simple as that. All right, last but not least... We're going to do Quick Hits. You know what it is? I do Quick Hits with the NFL, touch on one or two stories. It's the off season, OTAs are going on. So, not much to do, but we're going to go to Quick Hits right now. Oh, it's twice in one show I get to use that sound. That doesn't matter. Anyway, so the Quick Hits for this week going to be going to be quick with them. That man, sometimes I say things and it's like, "Did you even did you even think about what you're going to say, Greg?" I did, and in my head it sounded way better than it did when it came out. But besides that, two quick stories, more so one's funny, one's kind of like head-scratching. The first one being Le'Veon Bell had $520,000 worth of jewelry stolen from him. Now you would think it would be a robber, house was broken into, vandalized, who knows. Nope, he's pretty sure it was his girlfriend's. Yep, that is right. His girlfriend's, not girlfriend. He believes that the half a million dollars was taken by them because it vanished. He found them both gone and his jewelry missing. So, you know, you put two and two together. It's going to equal four. But in this case, it equals $520,000 missing. And you're out of a relationship, clearly. What's crazier to me is who keeps... Like, I mean, I, I know there's people that keep that, but $520,000 jewelry. I can keep on a watch and a wedding ring. Like I don't need that much jewelry. I get other people do. I get other people like it. But if you're going to have that much just sitting in your house, lock it up. Just lock, I mean, lock it up. Come on. You can't have that much money worth of jewelry just sitting out. It's crazy. Le'Veon Bell, come on. Be better than that. You just got so much money. You waited for this money. Now you're just losing half of it on women who are taking it from you. Ridiculous. All right. Other quick story I'm going to get to. Tom Brady. I'm not going to bash Tom Brady. I just think this is a weird Tom Brady story. Tom Brady wanted to try to have people stop saying the name Tom Terrific. So he was gonna trademark it, so they couldn't call him that. Which one? Who cares? If you don't like a nickname, oh well. you think I'm gonna stop calling Doug Martin the Muscle Hamster? No. He doesn't like it, but I think it's hilarious. So if people you know people are gonna call you Tom Terrific, it's a, it's a nickname they think you're worthy of because you're a fantastic football player. Ugh, that just ugh, that didn't feel right coming out of my mouth. Ugh. But anyway, you tried to trademark it, Mets fans especially, not big fans. And most Mets fans are Jets fans. It just seems to be how it goes. They held like a ceremony where they threw his jersey in a trash can and threw black beans on it. And if you're under- wondering why, it's because Tom Seaver, the Cy Young award-winning pitcher who played for the Mets, was known as Tom Terrific. So for the fact that Tom Brady was trying to trademark that name, where then Mets fans could not use it for Tom Seaver stuff, bothered them. He didn't realize there was going to be such an issue. He just doesn't want people calling him that nickname. So I'll be interested to see where that goes. But now that guys know he hates being called it, won't they just call him it all the time now? It kind of seems like that. At least that's what I would do. But that's been Quick Hits. Quick Hits. All right, that does it for this week's episode of the Sports Stance. As always, check me out on Twitter at dance underscore. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Let me know your stances. I want to know what you think about everything, what's going on in the sports world. doesn't matter what it is. I want to hear your thoughts. Thank you again for tuning in on 12 On Sports Radio or SoundCloud or on iTunes or whatever it's called now because they changed it. And I think it's like podcast by Apple. So thank you for checking them out wherever you do. Make sure you subscribe, review. Go check out the other shows I talked about on 12 On Sports Radio. Have a good weekend. Make sure you enjoy all the games. Maybe Stanley Cup gets clinched. Maybe the NBA Finals is essentially over. Maybe it's just beginning. Who knows? That's why we love sports. That's why we talk about them. Anything is possible. So just go out. Enjoy your weekend, like I said. Enjoy your sports watching. Enjoy your family time, alone time, Whatever you're doing, just enjoy it. Have a good one. See everybody next week. The Sports sports dance. Dance.